All right, thanks everybody. Welcome to our second part of our bullying prevention training. This is our success training with me, Dr. Greg Moody, and Senior Master Laura Sanborn. We're going to be doing some training today on uh, our second part of our bullying prevention training, uh, myths, truths, and what to do. So there's a lot of myths about bullying prevention, and we're going to hit that a lot today. Mainly, our second part is going to be about what bullying is, what it isn't, and some things that people have misconceptions about. And one of the things that we do when we do bullying prevention training is we give teachers and educators tests on what they think bullying prevention is. And I got to admit, for the most part, even really experienced educators, really experienced, uh, we do this with martial artists that we do a lot of work with, uh, people that work with kids a lot, mostly they have the wrong ideas about what bullying is and isn't and who does uh, uh, who bullies more, who bullies less, what bullying's about. So, uh, you know, Master Samborn, uh, definitely pop in here and, and, and uh, put your experience in here with, uh, with the, what we've done with the different groups as well. But what we'll talk about first is boys versus girls and the, the difference in data. Boys versus girls. And when, when we talk about boys versus girls, what the assumption is, and we hear a lot of, is that, well, girls bully a ton. Girls bully just as much as boys, and that we assume that that's the truth. And what we find is, and that's one of the questions we ask, ask uh, people, educators, parents even. And what we find is boys do bully about twice as much as girls based on our data. Uh, now, girls and boys get bullied about the same amount of time. But there's similarities and differences in the way that boys and girls bully. Uh, the similarities, they are similar. Well, let me let me address before I before I uh, address the similarities and differences about boys and girls. Let me address the the usual kind of a little bit of a freak out that I that I hear when I when I say that girls bully less than boys. They say, no, no, that happens a lot. Girls are bullied. I just you just don't have the right perspective. Uh, we, in our in our school or in our environment, we see girls bullying just as much. And it's it happened. The reason that the reason that that seems to be a misperception is, well, for one, you see it a lot in movies and media. You see girls uh, the, the movie Mean Girls, or you see a lot of uh, a lot of portrayals of girls bullying other girls. Uh, and the other reason that you see this idea of girls bullying uh, girls as a uh, as a as a common thing, what you have to do is go back to the the definition of uh, bullying. Bullying is remember it has to be intended to hurt. It has to be in, which, which of course girls can do just as much as boys. It has to be repeated over time and there has to be an imbalance of power. So what happens in a lot of girls bullying as we'll see in the similarities and differences are that girls do a lot of relational bullying and they do a lot of bullying by uh, uh, rumors and other, the indirect bullying that we talked about last time. And so that can be noticed a lot more. Boys bullying, as we'll see in the similarities and differences, can be physical and it can be conflict and can be teasing and taunting. Now, that can get wrapped into conflict. So we assume that when bullying's happening with boys, it's just boys being boys. So a lot of the bullying that we identify with girls, we notice more. Bullying that happens with boys, we don't notice. Uh, 
So one thing we see with violence uh, in terms of, and this is a separate conversation about suicide, which is not very pleasant for people and, and people, you know, especially for children's suicide, but boys suicide rates are about approximately four times higher than girls for suicide that, that is, uh, that is completed. So now that's not all bullying. Of course, there's a lot of other reasons and a lot of other mental health issues that go along with that. But we do know that, that as far as measurement of bullying itself, so these are separate issues, but that is just an example of what can happen if bullying goes on too long. We'll talk about that a little bit more about why bullying could lead to some of these other issues. So let's talk about boys versus girls and the similarities and differences of the type of bullying that they might, uh, uh, might uh, do. Um, so similarities. So first of all, Similarities, they frequently engaged in verbal. So verbal bullying is very common and relational bullying. And so these two things you remember from our prior module where we talked about verbal bullying and relational bullying, uh, teasing, calling names, keeping people out or excluding people from groups. That's a really common thing that boys and girls both do. Now, differences between boys and girls. Uh, again, most studies indicate that boys bully more than girls. Boys are more likely to be physically bullied. So for boys, we tend to see a lot more physical bullying. Boys are bullying uh, with hitting, pushing, shoving, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of other physical bullying can happen other than just what you think of as traditional fighting. It could be uh, uh, kids in the bathroom that might might be pushing, shoving, keeping them out of the bathroom, holding the door closed so that they can't get out of the bathroom. Uh, you know, lots of stories about kids getting swirlies. We all might know what that is, but in some cases. We've heard of reports of dirty swirlies. If you don't know what that is, you might think about what happens in the toilet and then the kids get their head put in the toilet when the toilet's full of uh, poop. And that'd be a pretty net, pretty horrible experience, right? So physical bullying, boys do that a lot more than girls. Girls tend to do a lot more bullying through social exclusion. Uh, rumor spreading, they tend to do more cyberbullying and they tend to do more sexual comments. So they might say things about how, how somebody looks. They may say somebody did something with somebody else. They had a relationship or did something uh, with another person. Uh, boys are <laughs> interested in that type of uh that type of uh, bullying. Boys are bullied primarily by other boys, as you might expect. Girls are going to be bullied by both boys and girls, and that's how the numbers work out the way they are. So boys are going to be bullied primarily by boys. They get, they get bullied a lot more. Girls are going to be bullied by both. That's how that's how girls get bullied just as much as boys, but boys do about twice as much bullying as girls. Okay. 
So boys versus girls. Master Sambor, did you have anything to add? Yes, sir. Well, actually a question. So sexual harassment on girls from boys, is that under bullying or is that a whole separate issue? So that's a really good question. One thing that we didn't cover, uh, which might be good to cover at the beginning, is there's bullying and there's conflict. So we talked about bullying versus conflict. What right. we didn't talk about was bullying versus violence. So there's when something's bullying, it's intended to hurt. It's There's an imbalance of power and it's repeated over time, usually although it can be more severe. If something crosses a line into violence, which sexual harassment would be, or physical uh, danger of, you're in danger of hurting yourself or, or other people, or serious injury or death. So that's violence. Uh, that kind of puts things into a different category. And then we have to escalate the response into you know, police uh, intervention, uh, different types of interventions need to happen. So while it may meet some of the same uh, characteristics that we have in these types of situations, so like sexual harassment or sexual violence, then the response needs to be escalated quickly and differently into some other cat into a different category. So in this case, like if you're an educator, then that needs to go directly to uh, the administration and then they need to follow their policies for uh, how this needs to get reported to law enforcement and uh, protective services or whatever their policies are for that. So I'm not avoiding that question. It just goes into a different category from bullying. When it's bullying, the conflict or the resolution, that's not conflict resolution, but the resolution of that is going to be different. So there's different categories of the way we would handle the situation. So, so I wouldn't, we wouldn't call that bullying. We would call that violence. To answer your Even question. Even if it's mostly verbal or. So that, um, so let's define sexual harassment. So sexual, that would be sexual, it would be harassment, but we would call that bullying. We would, that would be in the category of, of bullying. Yeah. And then our interventions would be different, but yeah, that would be bullying because it'd be intended to hurt. It'd be an imbalance power to be repeated over time. So yeah, girls tend to do that more than boys, although boys can do that as well. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So those are, if somebody says, uh, spread sexual rumors, says sexual things, uh, or says things about their body or about who they are, or says who they're doing things with, or who they're doing uh, uh, relational things with, uh, yeah, that all would fall under the category of bullying. When it escalates into sexual harassment, uh, with physical touch or touch of a sexual nature, then that moves into the category of violence and then the other action needs to happen. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yeah. It's important to have that distinction for everybody that's listening to this or reading, reading about it when we read our transcripts for this, uh, that we, we don't want to treat bullying like conflict, as we mentioned before, and we don't want to treat violence like bullying. When it, when it moves into serious injury, death, that's violence, but also in categories where somebody's escalated uh, any kind of action, regardless of whether, even, even whether it was intention to hurt or some of the other categories that we have in bullying into violence, then the action that needs to be taken is different and it might cross the line into uh, assault. And so then we need to 
move our response into an assault category. We need to be really clear about what those are. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Something might look like uh, one category or another, and we have to be really careful about it. And I appreciate the challenge that uh, both educators, parents, uh, people that work with kids especially have in trying to, to tease out the differences when some of these things might not always be as clear as possible. Let's talk a little bit, if we can go on from there, unless you have other questions about that. Oh, that was That's a really, really good point. And uh, we could probably do a whole, uh, maybe maybe have a whole chapter on, on, uh, on violence, the difference between violence and conflict and bullying should be part of what we talk about. Let's talk a little bit about girls, specifically girls' fears about bullying, because this is really, uh, noticeable and boys fears about bullying are very similar but one piece of data that was uh, done that was really relevant girls fears about bullying there was a harris poll done of about uh, well over 2000 girls in the 8 to 17 year old age range so a pretty broad poll uh, pretty high numbers, so a very, very good um, set of data. And the number one fear that girls had, and this, this poll is about all fears that girls have about anything. The number one fear, 41% of girls were more afraid than anything else about being teased. Hmm. That was two times more they had two times more fear about EMTs than a natural disaster. They were 15 times. More afraid of being teased than the death of a loved one. Wow. So parents that are listening, they're not. They're not too worried about you guys, but they're really worried about being teased. And they're 30 times more afraid about being teased than school grades. So let's think about this data here, and it applies to boys as well as girls, but let's think about this data. They're 30 times more worried about being teased when they go to the school every day than their grades. We live in an environment where girls are more worried. And again, this is gonna to extrapolate to boys to some level, although this study wasn't about them. 30 times more worried about school grades than, I mean, uh, sorry, 30 times more worried about being teased, this characteristic of bullying, than their grades at school. If you don't think you need to worry about bullying, that statistic should worry you. 30 times more worried about being teased than about their grades, about their performance at school. This is an overriding concern that girls have that swamps out any of the other things you think they should be concerned about when they go to school. Kind of a sobering thought when we want school to be about getting academic success and maybe having friends, but they're worried about being teased, maybe having other interactions. It's a lot about worry 
for, about being teased about these kind of issues. Okay, what is bullying like? So when we talk about bullying, a lot of times it gets passed over. Well, kids will be kids. It's not a big deal, you know, or if they get bullied, they should talk back or fight back or, uh, you know, you know, speak up and, and, you know, stand up for themselves and they're going to learn how to get through those obstacles. Well, they could, that that's something they could do. And the kids that are very confident, have a lot of self-esteem, maybe have done martial arts with a, with a, with a school like what we uh, like what we have, that's what we actually have studied and, and they would build some confidence and they would be able to stand up for themselves. But for the bulk of kids and when they experience bullying, what is it like? Well, mostly bullying is like abuse by peers. And what's abuse like? And what's abuse like? When we look at the results of bullying, abuse is more like compared to anything else. For those of you who think, well, they should, you know, punch that guy back or yell back at him or talk back to him. What it's most like is domestic violence. Child abuse. All the characteristics are more like this. Sexual harassment. In other words, what the kid that's being bullied feels and how they are treated because of the imbalance of power is more like these things than them just having an argument with somebody. So when we give a kid advice, well, you know, go talk back to them. Go stand up for yourself. Would you do that when a child is being abused by a parent? Is that what you do? Would that be good advice? Probably not. Would you do that when somebody's being sexually harassed by somebody who's in a position of power over them? And if they don't comply, they lose their whole career and their livelihood. Would you tell them, go talk back to that person? Would you tell that to somebody who was a spouse and their, their spouse was um, in charge of all the money and the car keys and all the, uh, all the uh, family members and they didn't have any family members themselves. And if they didn't comply with what the spouse did, they, would, uh, they, wouldn't have a, they wouldn't have a house, they wouldn't have their kids, and they'd be out on their rear. Would you tell them they should just talk back to their, their spouse? Is that the advice you'd give them? So think about that for a moment when you decide, when you want to tell a kid, you know what you should do? Go talk back to those guys. See, if you put it in that context, they have similarities. These situations have an imbalance of power, They are, have repeated abuse over time. And the other thing that happens is, and we, we notice in this case, and we notice in bullying, 
is the perpetrator blames the victim. So we see in bullying very frequently that the one who's doing the bullying says, oh, they like this. They like it when I tell them what to do. They like it when I push them. The victim also often blames themselves. In a bullying situation, they might say something like, well, you know, if I didn't wear those clothes, they wouldn't tease me. In fact, we can show you many examples where even the principal of a school will say, well, you know, if they didn't wear those clothes or they didn't walk that way or they didn't, uh, they didn't do that thing that the, they were getting teased about, then they wouldn't get teased. So very frequently, the victim blames themselves or the environment around them, the adults around them are blaming the victim for creating the situation where they're getting, uh, where they're getting blamed. So bullying is very much like peer abuse. So if you think about that, if you think about this type of situation, is any of the advice that where you're giving the kid who's getting bullied, the person or the adult for that matter, who's getting bullied, the person who's uh, working in a work environment and their boss is telling them, is, is abusing them or is, is intending to hurt them or, or degrading them every day. What are they gonna do? Maybe they don't think they can get another job. They need the money. So how can they possibly get out of that? They feel like they're in a, they're in a catch 22. If they quit, now they don't have a job. So they have to put up with what their boss is doing and the boss may not care. So if you tell that person, well, go stand up for yourself, go tell them what to do, go to HR. Maybe HR will go to the boss and say, hey, this guy complained about you. What's going to happen then? Now they get abused more because the boss is mad that they got yelled at. So there's all these scenarios. Environments are not always healthy. Schools are not always healthy. doesn't mean that teachers and principals do a bad job. A lot of times they don't have a lot of uh, support or uh, structure for managing these types of situations. Okay, so we've got to be providing different types of support for the kids, for adults who are being bullied, to make sure that we give them the right kind of support that's going to give them solutions that'll work. All right, what are the effects of this? So once, once this kind of thing happens, what effects do we have of bullying when you're in this situation? What are the short and long-term effects of bullying? The short-term effects As you might expect, when you're in that kind of abuse situation, it lowers self-esteem. Self-esteem is based on people feeling like they have internal high value, that what they, that what they 
personally are capable of is a lot of things. They're capable of doing a lot of things. They're capable of being a high value person in the world. And in this environment, when they're in an abuse environment, they're going to not feel like they're very capable. And that exacerbates the problem. If you're working for a boss who's bullying you, you're going to have a lot of trouble feeling like you're capable of getting another job or capable of doing more things. And it's going to have effects on the rest of your life. It's going to increase. We see a lot of depression. Increase anxiety. Uh, we also, for kids, we see absenteeism. And lower school achievement. We see a big increase in thoughts of suicide. And we also see kids get sick. And we see adults get sick. When we see this in for an, in an adult environment, we see uh, we see adults that are having trouble with this kind of abuse get sick at a much higher rate. Now, these are the short-term effects. Long-term effects, imagine if you went through this stuff in the short-term, what the long-term effects might be. The long-term effects and this is, um, this is some stats from, uh, from research done over quite a long period of time. I'll give a comparison of uh, bullied people versus non-bullied people. So people that, are, that did, a, did a survey of what their um, you know, life was about versus people that were not bullied, bullied and not bullied. And let's take a look at this. So headaches, people that were bullied versus not bullied. So not bullied, the frequency of headaches, people that were not bullied have headaches about 16% of the time. That's actually pretty high. I'm surprised people have headaches that much, but once in a while, having a headache about 16% of the time. People that are bullied, oh, I'm sorry, that's bullied. That's the bullied one. Let me, re let me reverse, my, uh, reverse my numbers here on our chart. So people that are bullied have headaches about 16% of the time. People that are not bullied about 6% of the time. So that's close to three to one. So if you're not bullied 6% of the time, um, I'm not sure on this, I'd have to look up what the scale was, but about 6% of the time, you might have a headache once in a while. If you're bullied 16% of the time. Sleep problems. The average person, about 23%, reports once in a while they have a sleep problem. If you're bullied, 42%, about double. 
abdominal pain, the average person, only about 9%. Once in a while, one in 10 people have a little bit of abdominal pain. Bully, 17%, a little over twice. Feeling tense, the average person, also about 9%, once in a while feeling a little bit tense. 20% for people that are bullied. Feeling anxiety. Average person, about 10%, about one in 10. These all kind of go together, right? You know, sometimes you feel a little anxiety, might give you some abdominal pain, might give you some tension. Bullied people, 28%. So about three times. Feeling unhappy. Five percent, only about five percent. The average person reports that they're unhappy any given time. Now these are kids that they studied, so we're you we're using kids as a number. Maybe adults would be a little bit more than that. Kids that are bullied, twenty three percent. That's about five to one. Now here's the two big ones: depression scale. So this is a scale where there's two indicators, moderate and strong. Now, moderate and strong. Moderate means they're, uh, they're depressed. They're not feeling good. This is what you think of as normal kind of, it's not good. It's normal depression. Strong indicator, if you've ever taken a depression scale or a scale test, maybe you've had a major uh, loss in your life or a divorce or a, a larger problem, you might've had your counselor give you a depression scale. And, and if you scored very high, you know, they're, they're gonna be talking to you about medication. There's gonna be a, a bigger issue that, that's coming up. I mean, strong is a very big deal. Um, they might be talking to people that have strong depression issues about uh, suicidal uh, ideation. Uh, it, it's, it's a very severe depression, okay? So moderate indication of depression. Average person, 16%. So it's depressed, but not, it's not massively severe. It's, it's depressed. 16% people have some depression once in a while. Bullied people, 49%, okay? So that's a big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Strong indication. Now, remember, that's severe. That's a big deal. The average person, only 2%. That's what you'd expect, right? I mean, this is a big deal. Most people don't have this case. It's only 2% of the population. Most people aren't this depressed. People that are bullied, 16%. That's eight times worse. People that are bullied have eight times more strong depression indication. That is severe depression. These kids, and again, this scale is for kids, are feeling really bad. So when you hear about kids that are bullied committing suicide and you think that's a horrible tragedy, there's a lot of them that are not doing that are feeling really bad. Why? Remember what it's like, the peer abuse. That's what that's like. 
when you give advice to kids about, well, you should stand up for yourself, the ones that can stand up for themselves probably will. The ones that can stand up for themselves aren't in this category. The ones that can stand up for themselves might figure it out on their own. They may feel bad, but they may figure it out on their own. It's these guys that we need to help. Okay. Kids that are bullied or, or who are being bullied are more likely to be engaged because of these kind of issues in other uh, antisocial, violent, or troubling behavior. They have all kinds of other issues along with this. So there's a whole myriad of other things that we could talk about that this type of feeling that they're going through is going to have some manifested results in the end as well. Let that sit there for a second. Anything to add, Master Samward? No, that's pretty overwhelming, actually. Just the amount of difference is pretty stark. Yeah, the amount of difference is, is uh, it really is a big deal. Next time we get together, what we're going to talk about is the effects on bullying of the kid who bullies. Hmm. So we'll leave you with that today, but it's not just the kid who's being bullied or the adult who's being bullied. It's also the kid or the adult who's doing the bullying. There's negative effects for them too. So we're not doing all this work just to help the person who's being bullied. We're also doing it to help the person who's doing the bullying because it's not in their best interest either. There are some positive benefits socially for bullying other people. And we'll talk about why somebody would bully another person. It sounds weird that I would say that, that there's some positive benefits. They look stronger in a social group and there's some other things that happen. However, in the long term, there's some negative things. There's a lot of negative things about somebody who's doing bu who's bullying, but it's not in, in the long term. It doesn't work out in the short term. It can be positive for them. And we're going to talk about what happens with people when they do bully other, uh, when they do bully other people, what the effects of that are. And then as we go through this, what to do about it. I hope we covered some more myths and truths about bullying that you can, uh, you can digest a little bit here before we talk about this next. Anything to add, Master Samuel, before we wrap up? Uh, no, sir. I am still taking notes on all this myself. So I am pretty overwhelmed by that starkness and the difference between those two for people who are bullied and people who are not. You always know that somebody who gets bullied doesn't feel good, but not in so many ways. Not the the scope of how bad they might feel and the difference between uh, the difference between that and what a typical kid feels that's just going about their day. Right. Yeah. Or a typical adult. I, I can't emphasize enough. This is not just kids. This is everybody. Anybody who's in a situation where they're feeling like they're being bullied is going to uh, feel this way. Uh, and it helps. My, my goal would be also that it helps you understand people who might be going through other abuse situations, that some of the scaling on this is applicable so that, so that we can help everybody. All right, guys. Well, have a good day. Now we got to go out there and uh, pay attention to what's going on in the world around us until we talk to you next time. Thank you, sir. Okay. Bye, everybody.